<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Next on the Ledger Report, Biden at war with the convoy to put the U.S. mask on the road to the constitutional America, the people's convoy. An organic, liberty-loving movement is rolling through the Southwest right about now. Talk with the men behind the convoy, what the goal is, and what it will do to the Beltway. Also, Putin at war with Ukraine. It's the worst-kept secret, most telegraphed military aggression in world history. Everybody knew Russia was going to attack, but Biden and company did nothing to stop it. We will look at the feckless Biden White House and what Putin is up to. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. Truckers here at home in the U.S. are now fighting back. Fed up with current COVID restrictions, they're hoping their frustrations will be heard with a cross-country trucker convoy that will pass through Maryland on its way to the nation's capital. WJZ is live tonight. Annie Rose Ramos spoke with truckers around our re region about this upcoming protest and tells us how this convoy could affect your morning commute in a few days. Annie Rose. Vic, the majority of truck drivers tell me it's about time to speak up about an industry so many rely on, yet don't know much about. Now, some say it's about vaccine mandates. Others say it's about rising fuel prices. But they all say they are grateful to Canada for propelling them to do something about it. All roads lead to Washington, D.C. for a trucker's convoy protesting COVID-19 mandates and more. We're now we paying too much fuel. We're done with the high fuel prices. Led by the group The People's Convoy, the protest starts Wednesday in California and makes its way across the country, with a one-night stop in Hagerstown, Maryland, eventually ending up in the D.C. area. We will be along the Beltway, where the Beltway will be shut down. I'm hoping a lot more turn out. Nihat has been driving his truck for five years, based in New Jersey. He says he can't afford to take a week off to go to the protest but hopes others do. We have no union, we have no representations for people to stand for all the other truck drivers. David says if he drives through the protest, he'll join it. He believes vaccinations should be a choice. You have to stand up for your rights. They don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. I agree with that. It's up to you. This convoy sending the Maryland State Police and D.C.'s police into preparation mode. There will be disruptions to traffic. If they can't get to work, Geez, that's too bad. For weeks, Canadian truckers blockaded the country's capital, causing gridlock. Now truck drivers say it's their turn in America to show up and hope others do too. I hope, I hope. I'm hoping they do go out there. I'm hoping they stand there as long as they could until they run their diesel tanks empty. Just to get that point across, let them know, like, yo, we're here to help the country out. 
Now, Rick, the Maryland State Police said in a statement they are ready to respond to this protest in order to ensure the free flow of traffic for all travelers. So, so they're going crazy. These people in the Washington, D.C., that reports out of Maryland, right? Right next door to Washington, D.C. They're going crazy. They don't know what to do here. They think it's going to be a, some sort of repeat of the insurrection of January 6th. They're so off base. This shows how the mainstream media is so out of touch, out of phase with the rest of America. They're holding up these truck drivers and the other participants in this convoy as some sort of aliens, like they're not normal, like they don't fit in with mainstream. No, the truth is they don't fit in with the narrative being meted out by the Democrat, the Marxist Democrat Party, and then the echo chamber in the mainstream media. These are red-blooded Americans. And by the way, you heard in that report, one of those Americans had a pretty heavy foreign accent. All they care about is their freedom and their ability to go on the open road and move product from coast to coast or regionally and not pay an arm and a leg for diesel, go home at the end of the night or the end of the week or the end of the month. Truckers spend a lot of time on the road delivering our bread and our toilet paper, ladies and gentlemen. They spend a lot of time on the road. And they put up with a lot of hell out on the road. And so don't they deserve the respect of Washington, D.C.? Don't they deserve the freedom and the liberty and the choice of being able to say, yeah, I want to put an experimental medical device in my vein or not? This is what America is all about. This right now, if the framers of the Constitution were alive and Maybe from up in heaven, they're, they're looking down and they're saying, go, team, go. Right next to General Patton, they're both saying, advance, advance, advance. So clearly they're afraid. They're afraid of the truck convoy heading to Washington, D.C. In fact, Department of Homeland Security is now assessing the threat. Threat. Imagine that. Sounds like. King George circa fall of 1773. These are Americans who are exercising their First Amendment rights along with many other rights not necessarily delineated in the U.S. Constitution. And one of the guys involved in the People's Convoy is on the road right now, destination Washington, D.C. Joining me now from, I don't know, somewhere in Arizona, I think, participant and one of the many driving forces behind the People's Convoy, Josh Yoder. Josh, uh, apparently uh, Department of Homeland Security is, is worried about you and the, the rest of the men and women um, in this convoy. Do they have anything to worry about, in your opinion? No, Graham, they actually have nothing to worry about. As a matter of fact, we come in peace, you know, and that's a, that's a big thing that we're stressing in this convoy. This is 100% peaceful and law-abiding. And just to reiterate something that I want to make very clear to everyone who's listening we're not going into Washington, D.C. We know that the federal government is salivating at the fact uh, to, to, you know, potentially have a false flag and, and to paint these peaceful truckers as some types of domestic terrorists. You know, this is not something that we're going to allow. I know there's a lot of voices out there from various other convoys. You have to understand the People's Convoy is not the only one. And there are other people out there saying things like we're going to, you know, choke off D.C. like a boa constrictor and, 
and, and different comments, you know, saying how they're going to go into the city. The People's Convoy is absolutely not doing that. We absolutely do not um, support or condone that that type of behavior. Um, what this is about is about you know gathering patriotic Ameri- Americans together um, and letting the American people see that there's a problem. The amount of unity that's being shown in this convoy is just absolutely incredible. It's not just truckers. I mean, it's uh, you know we're seeing SUVs, we're seeing RVs, um, just so many citizens that are joining the convoy in support of these truckers and really in support of American freedom. That's what this is about. And we should point out, uh, Josh, that you are not a trucker. Uh, you are a handsome airline pilot who also happens to want to defend freedom and liberty in this republic. And I would imagine you tell me, but I want to hear about all the different faces, not just truckers. We, of course, we respect the truckers and we want to know about the truckers. But there are many men and women on the road with you right now, I would imagine. Is that correct? Yeah, there are people with us from from every background, every ethnicity, you know, gay, straight, you know, Republican, Democrat. This isn't a political move. This is Americans that realize their freedoms have been completely stripped from them. I mean, look at what happened after 9-11 with the Patriot Act. You know, that's when things really started to go sideways in this country. And it's just been a a steady progression since 9-11 until now. You know, the use of emergency powers by the government to basically come in and gut our Constitution and what you see now is just people that are finally fed up with it. They realize we've lost our basic freedoms. And we're saying, listen, like, open the country back up to commerce. You know, stop lying to us about what's going on with COVID. Um, stop mandating these jabs. You know, a person should absolutely have a choice in, as to what it goes into their body. And if we lose our medical choice, we lose all choice. We, we completely lose the liberties that we have in this nation. It, it's a very scary time that we're living in. And we need every single American who believes in this country and believes in the idea of freedom, we need you to stand up. And it's a simple standing up and saying, no, this doesn't require violence. This is, this is peaceful protest. And we need people to, to pay attention to the messaging, to what these people are asking for. You know, these are your friends and neighbors who are just who are, who are tired of, of being squashed by a regime uh, that, that no longer um, honors their freedom. So you're in Arizona. I would imagine you're going to go through uh, New Mexico, Texas, maybe up uh, through Oklahoma. Um, eventually uh, into, I think, Pennsylvania and then Maryland. What does March 5th look like to you? If you're not going to go into the Beltway and shut down Washington, D.C., which is a disappointment to me and many other people, what does March 5th, the culmination of your trip, look like? Well, right now, as as far as the route goes, um, everyone can go to thepeoplesconvoy.org and you can see the the route there with the overnight stops. You know, people would like to join us at the overnight stops, and the truckers really appreciate that. It's just incredible, you know, the amount of the outpouring of support. Um, here last night in Kingman, Arizona, uh, thousands of people came out to greet the convoy. It was just so impressive. A, a restaurant opened their doors to all of the truckers and all yeah. the different people out supporting them. It was just, um, you know, it was a it was a giant just uh, freedom rally. It was a beautiful thing to watch. Um, so, so really, the primary purpose of this is, is capturing the attention of the American people and saying, "Look, there's a problem. Look at all these people who are standing up, who are taking time out of their busy lives." You know, and, and, you know, there's a possibility that we go into the Beltway, but the, the point is not to disrupt the lives of average and ordinary Americans. That's not what this is about. This is about awareness, and this is about getting people to take action in their own industry, in their own personal lives. You know, you never know. When, when you take a stand, you never know the people that you're going to positively influence around you. You know, people pay attention to what you do. And, and the message that we're putting out there is, is take a stand. You know, when you take a stand, courage is contagious. And all of us standing together, you know, we're, we're going to make a change in this country. And just because the Omicron variant or COVID is now waning and you even have blue state governors and you have blue state uh, uh, mayors and 
counties now relaxing their unconstitutional mandates doesn't mean that this isn't important because you and I both know, Josh, that if it's not COVID today, tomorrow it's going to be global warming or climate change, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be something else. This is a, a larger message. To me, this is very similar to what took place in 1773 at the Boston Tea Party. It's a moment in time in America where just average Americans stand up and say, no more. You government and you people in government, you work for us. We tell you what to do. Yeah, that, that's right. You know, and our government has, has forgotten that they work for the people. They no longer represent us. And that's the that's the overarching message here to the government is saying, hey, listen to the people who want to put you in office, the people who pay your bills. Um, you know, they, they go there and they stay for many years. You know, we absolutely need term limits and all these different things. We need to make sure that the American people are represented. And what this convoy is making very clear is that the people who are participating, they realize that they are no longer represented. And they're, and they're asking for, for, you know, true representation from the government. Peoplesconvoy.org. You can hear the, uh, the air horns uh, blowing in the background. Keep it up. Uh, God bless you, Josh, and be careful on the road, of course. And I hope that tens of thousands or more Americans pick you up on the, on the trail to Washington, D.C. and join in, because I do believe that this is an inflection point, a very important moment uh, in the history of this country. You have anything final to say? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to ask all your all your listeners to please pray for us in the convoy. You know, pray that things would remain peaceful and that we would stay on message, you know, and that people stay focused on, on why we're really doing this. You know, it, it, it's just so important that, that in a time of, of, you know, so much uh, so much anger and hatred in our country, it's time that we come together and that we unite across all these different platforms and that we just stand up and, and we take care of each other as Americans. Well, God is on your side, uh, rest assured, because you're standing up for liberty and you're standing up for the founding principles, which are founded on the good book, as we say. Josh, thank you and good luck. Be safe out there. Coming up next, the feckless Biden White House and what should have been done to stop the Russian invasion of Ukraine as the Ledger Report continues. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. That's MyPillow.com and enter L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. The Ledger Report is also brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to ReliefFactor.com forward slash Ledger for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain. Or... Call 833-425-7246, 833-425-7246 for Relief Factor Pain Relief. Thank you for supporting MyPillow, Relief Factor, and The Ledger Report. Hello everyone, this is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Family, finances, faith, and freedom are four things that most of us would do almost anything to protect. At American Media Periscope, we trust the team at Sovereign Advisors with financial advice. With over 27 years of experience, a team that believes in people over profit and shares our views that family, finances, faith, and freedom need to be protected can help you protect your finances from erosion due to governmental policies 
that are out of our control. What is in our control? Our own decision to act or to not act. At American Media Periscope, we encourage you to act. Action changes things. Call Sovereign Advisors today, ask your Dr. Kirk Elliott, and start working with a team that will help you protect your retirement assets while sharing your desire to protect family, faith, and freedom. Call them today at 720-605-3900 and tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Remember, freedom, it's up to us. Сьогодні від вас, від вас, від кожного з вас потрібно спокій, по можливості залишайтесь, будь ласка, вдома. Ми працюємо, армія працює, працює весь сектор безпеки оборони України. На зв'язку з вами буду постійно я, РНБУ, Кабінет міністрів України. Незабаром я знову вийду на зв'язок. Без паніки, ми сильні, ми готові до всього, ми Всіх переможемо, бо ми це Україна. Слава Україні. So that is the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, um, just minutes after Putin opened fire on his country, started invading his country. You know, goes in as a quote police action in the eastern portion and then rains down hell on military installations and other targets uh, in Ukraine. Now, remember, it was Zelensky who about a week ago said, hey, you guys are waiting. That would be the United States, Biden. You're waiting to put sanctions in. You are waiting to put teeth into these sanctions. I can't wait because I'm going to be invaded. And sure enough, about a week later, all hell is breaking loose. So Putin is at war with Ukraine, but it's a proxy battle against NATO, isn't it? This invasion was the worst kept secret, most telegraphed military aggression probably in world history. Everybody knew Russia was going to attack, but Biden and company did absolutely nothing to stop it. Joining me now from Washington, D.C., president of Iris Independent Research and military expert, Rebecca Grant. Rebecca, it seems to me that if you, you step back and you look at what Putin is doing here, uh, after telegraphing his moves, but telegraphing really his moves for, for years, if you think about it, is that he's saying to NATO, don't you think about putting Ukraine into the cooperative? Don't you think about putting Ukraine into to NATO? I'm going to establish the new world order. I'm going to do it now. Is that what he's doing? Yes. Uh, Putin is far, far crazier than any of us knew. But you're so right, Graham, that we saw this invasion coming. And remember, President Zelensky in Ukraine was actually elected to try to get peace with Russia because they've been fighting over in the east since 2014, 2015, and they've had 14,000 casualties. Instead, what we've seen is this unfolding, you know, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said in December that Russia had the capability to invade. So Biden had all this time to try to put together real military deterrence to keep Putin from launching this invasion. He could have put together the sanctions. NATO could have activated its response force. And I'm, I'm shocked they didn't do any of this. And now Ukraine is just alone. The dirty little secret here, 
Not many people in Washington really thought Ukraine was in our strategic interests, but that all changed overnight because now stopping Putin in Ukraine is really about stopping Putin's aggression worldwide. It's no coincidence that in 2014 under Obama, we saw uh, Russia take over Crimea. And it's no coincidence that you fast forward today in 2022, under the Biden administration, you have Russia getting aggressive now once again toward Ukraine. He's always wanted, Russia has always wanted to annex back Ukraine, uh, of course, ever since the, the dissolution of the Soviet Union. In fact, what uh, Mike Pompeo is saying is, in effect, in a kind of a de facto way, Putin's trying to rebuild the once great Soviet Union, USSR. 100% right. Putin says that the collapse of the Soviet Union was the worst thing of the worst thing that happened in this whole century. He wants to rebuild it. It really is Putin's personal delusion. Graham, he even blames Ukraine's separate existence on Vladimir Lenin. And that's from a hundred years ago at the time of the Bolshevik revolution. So all this craziness is just in Putin's mind. But there's no question he wants to put it all back together. I can't believe we didn't stop him. And here we had NATO saying every day that they were committed to the territorial integrity and sovereignty of Ukraine, but they did not put in place that military deterrence. That's the only thing that might have gotten Putin's attention. Putin has really become a, a, a nutcase on the level of Stalin. And that is very dangerous. Look ahead, and this means at a minimum, the U.S. is going to have to rearm and guard NATO's eastern flank at a time when we ought to be focusing on the threats from China. It is, it is just a terrible situation. I think Putin is uh, building his legacy here, and, and that's uh, what he wants to do. He wants to go back, go down in history as the guy who brought back pieces of, of the Soviet Union, the old Soviet Union, Soviet Union uh, kind of um, glory. General Flynn, uh, Mike Flynn sent me a message and reminded me that the uh, war results when diplomacy fails. I swear to you, uh, Rebecca, it's almost as if Biden's standing there doing nothing, saying, hey, if you do something, I'm going to get mad. If you do something again, I'm going to get really, really mad. If you do something again and again and again, I'm going to get really, really, really mad. It's almost as if this is a wag the dog moment. I, I hate to say this. I mean, I really do, that it seems as though this was allowed to unfold uh, quite possibly because of the chaos, the economic and inflation-ridden chaos that's taking place here at home. Well, maybe so, but we've got to remember Afghanistan. And in my opinion, I think that Putin's aha moment to invade Ukraine came as he watched the Taliban run into Kabul and Biden so clumsy unable to put together any U.S. military response. He knew Biden wasn't the A-team, and then he realized that Team Biden, they were just a bunch of diplomats hired to do climate change. They had yep. no idea how to use U.S. military forces. The buildup then began when Biden made that terrible minor incursion remark about a month ago from his yep. White House press conference. Putin then doubled his forces. So he knew that he had a historic opportunity under the weak leadership of Biden, so unfortunately, to go and launch this campaign. It's a campaign that looks a lot like um, a very modern, you know, he's trying to attack and take out the key Ukrainian military targets, but then he's going to have a little trouble with phase two 
as he tries to move and link those forces together. I expect to see Ukraine fight hard. We're already seeing some of that. And we need to help them fight. What does Putin respond to? He responds to brute force. Uh, for example, if, if President Trump, for example, were in office, this probably, and I, I hate to project like that, but it probably wouldn't be taking place because it's not just diplomacy, is it? Diplomacy is just one arm, but the other arm is um, possibly assembling forces and, and showing Putin the power and the military might that the United States have. It's also building the allied response. It seems to me on this one, Rebecca, that the quote allied response was not unified. It was not uniform. It was not one voice. It was again, rather chaotic. Exactly. I agree. It would not have happened under Trump because the risk would have seemed too high. The risk being that Trump would actually have put together a much more coherent strategy. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said, you've got to have military, economic, all of it coming together. And we really didn't see, honestly, any of those pieces. It's a tragedy because there was a lot the U.S. and NATO could have done. They could still help Ukraine with military intelligence surveillance, position information on Russian forces, supplies. There's a lot, but in, in the crucial last couple of weeks, there was a great deal the U.S. could have done to make, as the military says, to make Ukraine too hard a target for Russia to attempt, for Putin to attempt to invade. But none of that was done. It was just empty words, and we are going to be paying the price for this for years to come. And again, we still need to support Ukraine, but unless Biden does something really quickly, and it's not looking like he will, then our alternative is to support Ukraine in what's going to become a long, bloody struggle. Just just tragic, tragic. Well, it's clear Putin is going after, uh, for example, the energy assets of Ukraine, and, and Ukraine has a lot of that. Ukraine is a strategic piece to the Eastern European uh, region. But when you look at the bigger geopolitical picture, you say the United States is going to be paying for this uh, for a long time. One last thing before I let you go, you look at our other enemy, I'm sorry, Russia is an enemy, but maybe the, the, mm -hmm. the bigger threat is China and President Xi, as he's looking at Biden just kind of lay down on this one, and he's got his eyes set on Taiwan and, and other uh, areas, East China Sea and, and places like that. Is this a green light to Xi? There's no question Biden's limp response to Ukraine makes it a different calculation for Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping is now thinking Biden did nothing in Afghanistan. Biden did nothing in Ukraine. I bet Biden won't do anything for Taiwan. And that's where the danger lies. Rebecca Grant, thank you very much. And uh, God bless this country as, as we move forward in this environment. Still ahead, the best long-term solution to the anti-constitutional problem in Washington, D.C., as the Ledger Report continues. Attention, this is an important message for anyone diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after being exposed to Roundup or other weed killers. In 2015, the Internal Agency for Research on Cancer warned that overexposure to Roundup and other weed killers may increase the risk of developing non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. After losing a number of court cases, the maker of Roundup recently announced that a global settlement had been reached and agreed to pay over $10 billion to resolve pending cases. Please call 800-376-1935. 
Attention, have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? You may be entitled to compensation. Call Zantac Justice now for a free legal case review. The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug ranitidine may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Consult your physician prior to discontinuing any use of medication. Please call 800-868-3048. back some final thoughts now halfway to a constitutional revival in this republic we are halfway there ladies and gentlemen halfway to an uncharted exciting long overdue people's solution to a mushrooming systemic anti-constitutional problem in and about washington dc i know i know you ask what in the wide wide world of sports is graham ledger talking about this time it's simple it's right there in the constitution And we need it now more than ever. It's an Article 5 Convention of the States. No, not a constitutional convention. We had one of those 235 years ago in 1787. This is an Article 5 Convention of the States to amend the Constitution. Now, if you have been with me from the beginning during the Obama years, you know that yours truly has been pushing for an Article 5 for many, many years. It's been a slow process. But just a handful of days ago, a brave and patriotic members of the Nebraska state legislature stepped forward and said, yes, yes, the Cornhusker state will participate in an Article 5 Convention of the States to amend the Constitution. Truth be told, this clause of the Constitution has never before been triggered. But so what? Why did the framers infuse it into the founding document? For the hell of it? No, they understood amazingly that we the people might be in the situation that we are currently struggling to control, an out-of-control federal leviathan. And so here we are, and there is Article 5. It's taken about eight years to get here, but 17 states are ready. However, we need 17 more to trigger. Two-thirds the states, 34, 38 to pass an amendment. And what kind of amendments would you want? How about congressional judicial term limits and term limits for all federal workers, all of them? How about a balanced budget amendment that would also put the Federal Reserve under the control of Congress? In addition, I would push the scope of the convention to include an amendment that establishes 
election decrees, that there is one election day, not an election month, that there must be voter ID, that we must use paper ballots that must be audited with each national election. And if you want to do mail-in balloting, AKA absentee, fine, but you must have it notarized. This would be a start. Now, some have said you can't do an article five because California will erase the second amendment. Really? Don't you think 13 states could and would block that? Others say we just need to elect better people. Donald Trump was elected, Rand Paul elected, and where are we now? Answer, we need an Article 5 Convention of the States, 17 more to go, we're halfway to a long overdue constitutional revival. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way, the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening, thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger, and remember, when I'm wrong, I'm right.